Hello everyone, welcome to Brickle episode 4 of The Ice and Magic. Uh, I have Liam with me. Hello Liam, introduce yourself. Hey guys, I'm Liam, I'm one of Cody's mates, I've known him for a very long time and I absolutely love playing D&D so I'm happy to be here. Lovely, lovely. Um, I guess we can do a, uh, we can do a quick slip in. Um, who are you going to be playing today? Just give us a little bit of dash before we jump in. So, my name is Narcon Ilvin Byrne. Ilvin Byrne, sorry. Ilvin Byrne, yes. Uh, I am a high elf cleric uh, of the death domain, and I am here to Ooh. cause some trouble. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, with that, I think we'll um, we'll jump straight into it. Yeah. Alrighty. The sunlight crests above you as you make your way through the city streets, casting a warmth on your skin that isn't too harsh or too little. It's always just right. The city is bustling with life as many elven folk go about their daily lives. You see the farmers with loaded carts moving through to trade their wares and their pickings. You see small children running around in between the, the flow of traffic, not seemingly affecting anyone in particular. Uh, just some harmless fun. Today is an important day. Uh, you are due to meet with your mother and learn of a possible new assignment. So with that, describe to us what this younger iteration of Narcon looks like. I am very reserved. I keep myself away from the limelight, sheltered, I guess you could say. Uh, if I'm wearing a robe, my hood is almost always drawn. Uh, my head, I'm always looking down at the ground, you know, trying to stay out of the limelight, trying to be the quiet one, the one that's never really causing any visible and noticeable drama. Cool, cool, cool. Any particular colours that you like to adorn? Like, is there a particular colour scheme that you like? So, one thing With, that like, your, your casual wear under your robe? Mm. So, one thing I'm particularly drawn to are the shades of green and black. I think that the way the black and the green just mould together around my clothes is... It's cool. I like it. It suits my personality a lot. And what about physically, like, um, hairstyles? Like, are you, are you a long-haired elf? Do you have short hair? I am a long-haired silver elf with black eyes. Nice. Yeah. Cool. That's... It's dope. <laughs> so evil. <laughs> I love it. Alright, so you find yourself in the city streets of Hethrolia, which is the capital city of Vardenfell, which is the elven homeland. The city's architecture bears no harsh angles, as all the buildings follow smooth, more natural flows, not unlike unkempt trees left to grow unhindered. Most of the buildings bear white walls with golden trim in the door and the window frames with soft blue, purples and gold silk-like tapestries flowing off building walls most of the time. You find yourself moving towards your place of learning. The House of Halor is an institution where young and inexperienced uh, clerics are sent to learn and to hone their abilities. Your mother, Udissa, is the owner and sole teacher of this establishment. That's why you find yourself studying there uh, more frequently than most of the other students. Uh, whilst your father, Irius, is on the administration of the council that aids the royal family in the king's court. So, Narcon, as you're uh, moving down the ornate pathway towards the house of, uh, the house of Halor, um, you know, taking in all the surroundings, all the people around, something slightly feels amiss. I'm going to offer you to make a perception check, please. Okay. It's pretty low on the DC, so just give me a roll, let me know what you get. I got a five. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, with five, um, as you look around, you don't see anything immediate, like in your, your your periphery, but you can almost feel some stray glances aimed at yourself. 
and how some people are seemingly taking wider paths to avoid being close to you. You know why they do this, however. Your family are all well-renowned and respected clerics of Solentaris, the elven moon goddess, but you, Narcon, you were gifted by something else. From the day of your birth, an aura has always surrounded you that didn't quite mesh well with this seemingly warming and healing aura that your family possessed. Thus, your full name, Narcon Ilvenbian, was bestowed to you, and Ilvenbian translates to the bane of life in most common tongues. Necrotic energy flows from you, where the power of healing and life seems to come from your family. So, to be the black sheep of the family has caused a bit of a stir in the public eye when news got out that there was a quote-unquote death cleric as people started to call you. So with that, you, like you said, you pulled your hood up. Um, when you, actually, that, that's a good thing. So when you're moving through the crowds with like, all with the, obviously with this sort of, it's not negative, but like also not positive. It's like a weird backhanded sort of thing. Like, what do you think Narcon does? Like, besides, like you said, he always seems to have his foot up when he's in crowds. I'm assuming that's more so due to the fact that he likes to avoid that sort of base. But what, does there something that he does, like that you do to sort of cope with the fact that you know these people are like shooting off glances at you or something like that? I focus on the fact that they can't understand. That they will never understand what I'm going through. When I walk through the crowd and I see everyone part their way, I know why they're doing it. They don't know why they're doing it. They think they know why. But I don't let it bother me. When I'm going through the crowd and I see everyone parting their ways, I pull my hood further over my head and accept the fact that I'm not part of this aesthetic. That I'm not part of them. Like you don't fit that weird mold? That's right. I'm not part of the traditional elvish uh, clique, I guess you could say. Clique, yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So, you eventually find the door of your uh, mother's establishment. It's an older building, but still beautiful in its age. The colour ever so slightly uh, dissipated in the sun, but still a beautiful soft blue and gold. As it wraps around, there's a lovely balcony on the top floor with large windows that allow the sun to come through. And some creeping vines that rise up the front, seemingly left unhindered to grow at its own behest. Very footy, uh, very fitting for a school of life-defending clerics. <laughs> Someone see. Uh, is there anything that um, you would like to do before you enter? I'd like to look around properly at like the just the street and stuff. Yeah, just like the in yeah, the, the school sure. itself and see if there's anything that I missed earlier. Because I had a look around earlier and I didn't really notice anything per se. I've still got that feeling of. Something's not quite right. Sure, give me another perception check, sure. Uh, let's give this a go. Okay. That is a 15, my friend. Mm. Let's see what a, what my spidey senses are telling me this so, time. So, that, that harrowing feeling that you had over your head is still hanging. So you start looking around. And as you look back behind you on the path, because the path that you take is, um, they're very wide roads in Hetherolia. Yeah. Um with um, most buildings and establishments on either side sort of peppering up. So your road, I think it would be like, it's about like probably 55, 60 feet wide in total. Like yeah. enough for a big group. Of, yeah. yeah, decent. Like basically carts you can have two like carts that. on either side and people moving between. Yeah. But what you do is you look back, you actually notice that there's um 
a group of four elven youths, roughly your age, maybe a little bit look at, uh, younger, and they are shooting dirty looks at you and then whispering amongst themselves. But then when they notice that you've clocked them, they all like sort of giggle themselves and like back off and you lose them in the crowd. And then, you know, as like more carts and stuff walk by and yeah. uh, you see like there's a handful of like the elven guard of the city, the royal guard, and they have like... um. They have crescent moon shields with long spears, like silver helms and stuff, and like I think it's uh, like some blue tinted robes. Can't remember exactly what color it was, um, but like the royal guard, like you see them walking through, and they're like very prim and proper, and they march through. It's like the streets are always busy, yeah, but it's like you pinned like you could sort of you like you felt someone was looking at you, and you've pinned where they are, but they're kids, they go, yeah. and they've gone, they've walked off. So, with that, I think left to do is turn. Head inside. Head inside. Go face my mum. <laughs> so, as you enter, you are greeted by a soft scent of mixed plant plants and aromas. The inside halls are a darkened yet beautifully finished wood catching the soft natural light that is pouring through the windows. The scent is not unknown to you. Your mother is making tea, it would seem, which she always like seems to do. <laughs> so, uh, you stand in... So, where you are from the front door, it's a long hall with three doorways. The left-hand side leads to a... Uh, this supply and medicinal room, which is where like a lot of the plants and like medicinal stuff is kept for you guys when you study. The right hand side is your classroom, where there's you know you guys will sit and talk about what you do. And at the end is your mother's office and the staircase leading to the overnight quarters, which is upstairs where you have spent many nights studying. Uh, so what would you wish there anything you would wish to do before going to look for your mother? Do you want to peruse any of the other rooms, anything like that? I'm gonna go forward and I'm gonna have a look left and right. Just quickly glance in to see what's going on in the rooms and then make an informed decision to see if there's yeah sure I won't make you roll for it because like you've come to this place so many times to study so I was like when you look into uh, when you look into the medicinal room um, every what well, the one thing you notice when you glance and you like trying to see if anyone else is around there's no one there every room has some sort of bookcase that is lined with books like there's books in nearly every waking corner that you can go into this building your mother seemingly have collected as many writings and teaching she can so like there's a plethora of information for you and other students um, the medicinal room has a long glass cabinet that spans just about your waist height that goes across the entire expanse of the wall against you so that's where all like little potions are little vials or like plants herbs liquids all that sort of stuff that you would use for like medicinal training and all that sort of stuff the opposing room which is the classroom has four smaller wooden desks and one larger wooden desk with a large pink board with empty scrolls of parchment um, across it some of them have some small drawings like um, which uh, indicate some hand gestures for like somatic components for some spells and what have you um, which is generally where you and the other students would sit as you, um, your mother or any other clerics that came in to help teach would um, walk you through like your components your vocals your somatics even components triggering arcane focuses very much like a very classic sit down practical teaching classroom um so glance the rooms no one's there you proceed up the hall into your mother's office so as you pass through the as you pass the threshold of your mother's office the door frame the smell becomes overwhelming but in a familiar way you see an entire wall of shelf and books not one space left unfilled oil lanterns placed strategically around the room to cast a perfect even glow. On the farthest left side of the room from when you walked in is a large ornate wooden desk. Upon the desk is a large candelabra for more intimate reading and writing. And on the opposite side of the wall, a small cabinet where there is a small box 
and a candle frame for heating water for tea, which is where you see your, to see your mother currently standing. She's a tall, slender, elven woman wearing a very neat and proper buttoned uh, blouse with a long skirt over barely visible yet lovely golden metallic heeled boots like battle garment boots. Uh, both black uh, both black yet shimmering uh, in the light. Her light brown hair tied back in a perfect ponytail. You see she turns and she goes, Ah, Narcon, she says. How do you fare this morning, my son? Hello, mother. I am well. I have just spent the morning strolling the streets of our wonderful city. The youths were at it again, but this time I managed to catch them following me and snickering at me and my differences. You see, she like chuckles to herself and she goes, Yes, well, you must understand, it's very, it's different. What you do is different. They don't understand, so they ridicule you. But in time, I believe, we will understand. And you find as she, uh, she puts her hands like on the desk a little bit and then turns and she goes, well, I had hopes to do a more practical lesson today, but alas, it seems that two of your classmates have not arrived. Again. Well, not so much. <laughs> it seems both Hrethel and Fallon's family have deemed it's too politically heated to have their children roaming the streets to study. I will give you an insight check if you'd like, because you look very confused. <laughs> I'm wondering what is going on. Ooh, that is a 14. On a 14, you see she seems to know a little bit more than she's letting on. Her normally firm demeanor while studying and training uh, collapses for a split second as you see her eyes dart for a moment and then a slight tremble in her hands as she like rubs her hands together and um, she quickly turns around uh, at the tea station and she's like, would you like one? Has like a little cup. I would like for you to tell me what's going on, mother. You're never like this. I saw that. That little break. <laughs> I would like some tea, but I would also like for you to tell me what's she, going on. Sorry, she goes, very well. I want to understand, mother. So she takes two cups of tea, hands one to you with a little saucer, and she takes one, and she moves around to her desk. And she eventually comes to a stop at the front, leaning against it, like at the front, with her saucer and uh, a cup of the elven herb tea. She takes a small sip and then sighs, and she places it down. She looks at you almost nervingly, like nervously, like the demeanor is starting to fail. And she goes, Narcon, have you heard much about the local politics in the last few months? Mm, Add this <laughs> history check, please. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm probably going to give this guy next to the chance to respond. Apparently, I have not. <laughs> what did you roll? A seven. Okay. Narcon's been sticking to himself. <laughs> so, with a seven... You've heard some bits and pieces in passing from your father and some colleagues, like to your mother. It's mostly, it's mostly, mostly, mainly, blah, mainly some things regarding political bickering that turned violent, yeah. and it's spilled into the streets. That's Typical. basically the most, yeah, most wars for power. So, um, yeah, that's basically all you know. So she's asked, "What do you know?" I and know nothing. <laughs> the same stuff that. It's always happening. Right. So, she takes another small sip of tea. 
as she places both hands in front of her, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. and she begins um, peeking a little bit at the front of her skirt, like, you know, pinching a little bit. Yeah. A very small nervous tick that you've never really noticed, but obviously with your insight, it's starting to fail a little bit. Oh, excuse me. She finds, you find she um, sighs and... <sighs> These skirmishes are getting worse. People are dropping like insects. The king, she says with a bit of disdain, has formed a specialized group. Highly trained soldiers. <sighs> she scoffs and she's like, they're glorified hunting dogs. And as I'm sure you're aware, every time one of these skirmishes happen, we are sent in to heal the soldiers and the civilians who are injured and to keep prisoners from expiring. It seems, though, that an advisor to the king has heard of your particular type of abilities and have requested you go as soon as readily available to meet with them. Right. Right. She's still, like, you said she's not actually, like, looking at you. She's, like, still peeking at the front of her skirt, twirling with her fingers. So, how do you feel about this, old lover? Because I... I don't know what to feel. No one's ever asked for my help. Ever. And I can't heal. Not like you guys do. You know that. Do they know that? So with that, asking her, uh, like, what she thinks and all that sort of stuff, you see she visibly seems saddened, which is odd for you to see because your mother generally keeps a very professional composure at nearly all times. But with that, she goes... Her voice is like really quiet now. Like she goes, "Nargon, my sweet boy." Composure is basically almost completely dropped by this point. Yeah. She says to you, "I do not know fully that this is right. We've only just begun to get a hold on your abilities. Yet I will not take your right away to choose. What do you want? Should you wish to leave and meet with them?" It will be done. But there is another way. What do you what is Narcon thinking? What do you want to do? First tell me of this other way. Cause I have never had a chance like this, mother. This is a chance for me to be accepted. Even if it may seem a little evil per se. This could be my one chance to be part of the elven community. What is the other way? Sorry, she, she's like a... And she comes down, and she actually like comes down to your level, like she like kneels down in front of you, and she grabs your hands in hers, and she like... Right, give me an insight. Give me an insight check as as she comes down to your level. Something that you haven't experienced since you were a boy. I want to see what you can get. Twenty one. Twenty one. <laughs> you see, with twenty one insight, there is the <laughs> wonder brain. 
you there is so much visible sadness that you can read on her face but when you asked what is this other way there was like a a quick glint of hope what you're picking up is she really wants you to leave because she thinks she's got she knows what's better for you being her only son so you find she grabs her hands and she goes I can get you out of here far away I can secure you passage to the Wiltshaw Empire. I have old comrades there who will home you until such a time I can meet you there or you can come home. And like you see, like like tears are starting to well up in her eyes. Like they're starting to uh, go down her face. Truly, like again, with that 21 insight, what you're basically thinking is like no one likes the idea of sending away their child for what seems to be an unconfirmed amount of time. Even like your firm and professional mum. Yeah. Like she's like, like she really wants you not to be here she wants you to be safe and she believes that this is the only way it's going to happen if I flee now what happens to you to father and to the family if I leave you they could come for you she she like like still in the front of you has her hands and she grips you a little bit tighter and she goes I truly believe I can use these skirmishes possibly as a cover to say that you've gone missing or maybe you've been abducted she you're like she's starting to like fumble a little bit she's like i don't worry about the cover she's like i can i can be okay with that they need me they need me here and your father being on the administration to counsel the king they're not gonna look into it i would hope not but she's like don't she's like i will i will get to you i swear so confused but if if you truly feel that me leaving is the best option for all of us and as much as I would love to be with my family you've always looked out for me and you've always done what's best for me maybe I should listen and leave you find she um there's that split second when you said you've always looked out for me and you know what's best for me, where she, the, de the demeanor fully cracks and she just hugs you and she cries a little bit and she eventually, like a couple of minutes, seconds, minutes pass and she postures herself back up and she wipes her face. And goes, she's like, how about you head home? Just take the day off, have a rest. We will see each other tonight and we'll talk more and we'll figure it out. Okay. 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 So she leans in kisses you on the forehead and straightens your ponytail up and fixes your collar and she's like you never wear this right and like pats it straight down and she proceeds to go behind her desk and she starts like semi-frantically like writing in her notes and all that sort of books and like that. she has a lot of things sprawled out so she's going between all of them and you're basically free to leave is there anything you want to do or do you think you're just going to take the opportunity to gap um, well until this evening mother and I walk out of the office and she smiles and waves and then no. so you, yep I would like to revisit the medical room and the the classroom classroom with all the scrolls and stuff like that okay is well is that a possibility yeah you can you can Um. so which one do you want to go to first and what exactly are you trying to find or what are you trying to do well now that I'm aware I'm being sent away I wouldn't mind trying to find some stuff 
that might be useful on the way, whether it be scroll, like spell scrolls or potions or something like something I can take from the, the school that no one's really going to miss while I'm right. gone. Okay. Go to the, um, go to the, um, we'll go to the, the herbalism and medicine room first. Yeah. Give me a investigation check. I'll say with advantage because you study here, so you sort of have a better idea where everything is. Um, yeah, so give me an investigation check. Let me know what you roll. So the first roll is 15. With a 15? Yeah, and the second one is 20. Okay, so with a 20. <laughs> was that a nat 20 or no, just 18 20? plus 5. Nice, okay. So um, with a 20 on investigation, you go into the medicinal room and you start perusing the cupboards. You see the um, there's a small section of that glass cabinet right towards like the back middle end and it's where um the like the backup health potions are kept in case something very badly goes wrong you go to jostle the knob and it's just slightly locked so what do you want to do well if i was a wizard this would be much easier but i'm not (laughs) hmm Hmm. hiding my pockets well I'm not about to break my mother's window, so no. Yeah, don't break your mother's cabinet. I guess I'll have to come back another time, and okay. I'll just leave it, and I'll go to the um, the spell closet, the spell room now. I'm gonna assume that they're gonna be locked as well, <laughs> but you never know. Let's go have a look. See. Okay, so you go into the spell room. Um, investigation with advantage. Okay, first one was thirteen. Second one is seventeen. Seventeen. Alright, so, with 17, a lot of the scrolls that were on the pinned board were uh, somatics for spells you're not quite sure on. These were a lot of spells that um, your two classmates could do. Mm. So, not really your thing. So, you go around to the back, uh, to where your mother's desk is, into the one larger drawer on like the bottom right-hand side that you know where she keeps a lot of the scroll sort of spell scrolls stacked up. You pull it. It's not locked, but when you open it, there's nothing in there. And you think back, it's like, she's definitely taken them and, like, stored them away. False after bottom? The lesson. <laughs> false bottom in the drawer? <laughs> there's, there's no false bottom. She has no need to hide them, because yeah. she's like, she would just whoop your ass. She's if the you OG. Caught you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she'd get, like, she'd get, like, proper medieval on your yeah. ass and, like, just fuck your shit up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, well, I guess I'm going to have to... After you would think it. that if you wanted to grab these things, you would probably need to ask, ask her. her. Yeah, it'd be better if I just ask her. All right. Well, I'm gonna head off now, I guess. Head off. Okay. Good try. Good try. Good, good effort. <laughs> good effort. Okay. So, as you leave your classroom and step back onto the the streets of Hetherolia, the sun is slowly making its descent. The bright spot, uh, the bright sky, giving way to the almost liquid like in between before a day's end and a night begins. Uh, the streets are slightly more crowded as the day comes to a close. You know, many people tending to their own homes, spending on their families, afternoon activities, some even going to, like, work night jobs, all that sort of stuff. Uh, is there anything you're particularly wanting to do out before you head home, or are you just booking it? Hmm. I'm still aware that those youths were following me earlier, so I'm... You want to have another look? I'm still glancing around but I think I might just head home because it's getting it's getting a bit late and mum was like come on maybe you should go home for the night so I think I'll just retire head home nothing too adventurous yet I'm being careful hell I'm in an elvish city I should be very well protected even if I am an outsider okay cool 
So, uh, as you just start, you know, same thing, hood up like you did before, moving through the crowd, still that thing where it's like people who recognize you or sort of know about you, they're taking like sort of wider steps. And it's obviously it's harder because the streets are so packed. Um, uh, you see like younger, like children, like little kids are moving to go possibly get into mischief. Um, on one glance as you're passing, you see a family of um, a family of three, uh, two elven women with a, with a small boy, seemingly their son. They have all their hands entwined together as the boy holds onto one of them. Um, then as you're moving past them, you see um, there's a cart that's been left unattended in the middle of the street. Um, and some older elven women share a giggle as they strut past you. Um, like, just gossiping loudly and, like, one of them is like, oh, I guess he's got too drunk to drive at home. <laughs> and they're, like, laughing past. You know, like, like these elvish people are, like, so in Hethrolia as well. They're so pissy. Like, they're just so prim and proper. Pompous. And, yeah, pompous. And they're gossipy. Like, the women are gossipy that, like, are, like, the socialites. Snickers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, little giggles. So, as you slowly, like, move past the car, like, you're making your way through the crowd and you've passed, like, the young family in the car and stuff. You take a few moments walking. You're um you're taking in the murmur and the chatter of the folks around you. Again, a few side glances shot at you every now and again in your general direction, and then, bang, you're hit by a slight shove into the shoulder. Um, you just want to whack me up a quick dexterity saving throw. This is just to make sure you don't trip and fall. <laughs> uh, it's eight. Alrighty, so you get shoved and you just catch a cobblestone that's raised, fall over hit the deck and you're like whoa Jesus that fucking hurt yeah <laughs> and then it's like you hear off the bat um, this very high happy sort of accent like, oh my I'm terribly sorry about that um, you hear as the voice of this individual who seemingly pulls you back onto your feet your eyes meet with a young elven girl looks to be about your age very fair but tan skin beautiful long but slightly curly red hair piercing green eyes you find that instead of the normal garments, like a lot of like a lot of Hethrolia central denizens, she's wearing um, leathers on her armor, like chest and forearms, um, sturdy-looking hunter's boots with a bow on her back with a quiver. Not uncommon sight with um, the woodland elves. So it seems that she is yeah. a woodland elf. And she gives. She's like, I didn't seem to be paying attention. She's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, there's so many people here. This evening's been crazy. It's quite all right. Common occurrence here when no one pays attention to me. So. <laughs> and you find she giggles a little bit. And she's like, "Oh, I wasn't paying much attention either." And she goes, "Well, there's a little bit of a, like a quick awkward interaction." She goes, "Well, again, sorry about that." And she finds she turns and begins to just walk off. Hmm. Why do I feel like that was weird? <laughs> I'm being narcon right now. <laughs> In character. Yeah. Hmm. Can I pat myself down to see if I'm missing anything? Yeah! The first thing I do is check to see if I... Oh, your relic is still there. If you would like to check your pockets, you can <laughs> uh, you can investigate. Let's go, let's see. I feel like I've been robbed. 19. Nothing is missing. Everything's still there? Nothing's missing, man? It was just a general, just happenstance, she just bumped you. Hmm. So that's what it's like to meet a woman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, time to go home and think about that forever. Yeah. <laughs> My one interaction with a female forever. <laughs> Sim! <Yeah. laughs> 
Simple. Yeah. So, um, with that, as you, with that odd interaction, uh, you turn to make your final stretch home, feeling thrown off by that, you know, very odd interaction you just happened. Um, but in the split seconds that follow, I would like to have a look yep. at that cart and what was going on there. Cause it's, it's still in the middle of the road, right? Or have I gone past that now? Give me a perception check. <laughs> There's um, a reason that cart was mentioned. <laughs> I will... Give me a perception check. Roll it flat. I won't say with disadvantage because you already know what you like. You noticed it and it was there. That's a 16. So with a 16, as you turn, you're like, mm, like looking back to see where that girl went and you're like, wait, that cart was really odd. And you look back. It almost happens in like slow motion as you turn. And it's like, when you're looking through a crowd of people and there's that split second where everyone just moves out of the way and you catch that perfect window, you see the red-haired girl that you were just ran into pull up a flaming notched arrow and the arrow hits the confines of the cart on the inside. You couldn't see what it was. You just knew the cart was there. And the cart explodes she took the shot where she was far enough that she was outside the radius but everyone around including herself with the sudden the force that comes out and pushes all the people to the floor everyone is knocked down Mm. um i need you to give me another dexterity saving throw uh she is also going to make one that's a seven she also fell. Yeah, my balance is horrible. <laughs> so, as that, the vision, that nightmarish vision of this sweet girl you just spoke to igniting an explosive cart, all the denizens are thrown to the floor and it's like a domino effect. Everyone goes down. You go down and you see she also gets taken down by a bunch of people that were walking past. It was just, it was shocking. She didn't compensate for the people around her when she took the shot. Within the split second of this thunderous striking sound, the air is punctured with the screams of the denizens of Hetherolia. An explosion in the middle of the street as your eyes, um, as your ears slowly stop ringing and your eyesight finally begins to level itself. You see it. The cart from bef- the cart that she had shot at has become overturned and is heavily ablaze with flame. Um, seemingly having been ignited and exploded with enough force to decimate anyone within the immediate vicinity, and knocking over everyone on the outset, like we said, creating that domino effect. Um, People are strewn across the pavement. Some are beginning to drag themselves with whatever strength they have left. Um, Others are just left screaming in agony. You see one uh, male elf whose leg has been torn to an ungodly, incorrect angle. Um, You see women, you see some women like grabbing their small children who are coughing and covered in soot and blood to gap it and find cover somewhere. Eventually the denizens, like, as everyone sort of slowly starts to correct themselves, um, you start getting a better lay of the land about who's dead, who's incapacitated, and what the field is. And you see in that split second, um, as you're getting up, is there anything you're doing right now, or are you just getting up to try and survey? What are you doing? Okay. Um, the first thing I want to do is cast Create Water. And I'm going to put the fire out. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. So, you... Oh, that's right. You create... 
Uh, you create out of midair, right? You don't have to pull it from somewhere. Uh, you can create up to 10 gallons of clean water within range in an open container. Alternatively, if the water falls, there's rain in a 30-foot cube within range, extinguishing exposed flames in the area. It's Absolutely, you can do that. And you can have how far is the distance from that? Uh, it's a it's 30-foot, and the range itself is 30-foot. So if I, I can just create a 30-foot area where it's raining. Okay, so I'll say in that split second, um, you get, I'll give this one to you. You get back up. And your instant reaction is, I need to put the fire out. So you quickly close the distance, cast create water, and you watch as like, it's not a container. So it just goes... Yeah. It's 30 feet by 30 feet. The cube? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you encompass that entire car in a little bit. And you see, as the rain hits, um, the girl was also encompassed in that. And she starts looking. And you see she... Notches another arrow and she turns around and there's that split second where um, her eyes like glaze over you and you lock and she starts and then she starts you she starts screaming and she like your king did this he forced our hand and um, you watch as she just starts turning and and starts firing on at just anyone who's running um Things come to your mind straight away. The explosion was an attack. You're here first. Mm. It's going to take a while for guardsmen to quickly rally and come negate the situation as no one's ever expected an insurgency within the capital city. So we are going to roll initiative. Roll for initiative. Roll for initiative. Let's go. Alrighty. So let's do that real quick. Okay. I got a 17. Uh, with your initiative bonus? That's correct. Alrighty, well, um, right, and then I've got to quickly. So I'm also going to do the thing. So I'm going to roll this d4, and whatever the d4 is, with an added bonus, is how many rounds of combat it's going to take before the guards get here to stop. Okay. Have I taken any damage from the? No, okay. because it was where you were. You were dampened by the people, Shut and me. the explosion only killed those in the immediate vicinity, not those around it. I know that's yeah. probably not how it worked, <laughs> but. <laughs> Fuck you, this is my house. I do what I want. <laughs> Alrighty, so let me just quickly, I just gotta pull notes up because I realised I didn't open them beforehand. Come on, baby. Can I get a fair estimate of how far away this woman is? Do I have to cast it? So where you are literally 30, you got a 30 feet distance. Okay. Obviously we're doing theatre of the mind for this one, so it's a little different, but yeah. like again, um, it's basically 60 foot wide of these streets. She's 30 feet away from you, encompassed in that gallon of rain that's happening um, with the cart behind her, and there's bodies of denizens everywhere, and you basically got an open field to play. I'm just doing up initiative now. Um, My, and I'm going to roll. I'm going to pick your brain here with one other question once you're finished. Because I've got some really nice shit coming for you. <laughs> okay, baby, let's go. Alright, is this regarding um, attacks and stuff, or is this... It is. So, she is currently in water. Right? She's currently she's currently being doused by the gallon. Well, how long does it last, is the question. Um, oh, hold on a sec. If it doesn't have a time frame, it means it's just an instantaneous spell that happens, and it just stops. Yeah, it... It doesn't really say. So I would say by that point, basically what's happened is is 
you've doused it and then it falls for a couple of seconds and then it stops. So she's sopping wet. She's not the arrow. You've seen her fire on like two Zenizens. She's screamed out. You guys have locked and you know what's going to happen. If people are wet, are they more... Like, do they have disadvantage against um, like thunder and lightning? That's that, a very that good question that... um. I'll quickly look this up before we go because I've got yeah. the initiative water ready. Because, like, environmental impact and stuff like that. Mm. I could do some real damage. <laughs> so, that's a good question. Because I know I can put out. I, I know in okay. the games. Um, water makes it easy for the lightning to get to your skin, but it doesn't make the lightning damage you more. Okay. At least not noticeably. Alright. Okay, cool. So we'll just roll with that. Thank you, Reddit. Okay, awesome. So, with initiative, uh, first is the girl. Of course. So... Alright. So... She only has her longbow. You're at... You're at, uh... 30 feet, which means at 150 feet, she's actually going to hit with disadvantage because you're too close. Mm. So she's going to attempt... She's going to attempt to hit you. Um, lowest is a 20 to hit. Wow. Okay, yeah, she got me. <laughs> okay, so... Mommy! Mom! Please! <laughs> uh, she hits you for five. Piercing damage. Bruh. <laughs> okay, yeah. Alright. Uh, hits five, and do we... Let's go here. Sweet Jesus, I wish I was build right now and then you find she's um so she takes that shot and she's gonna dash back around behind the cart well not behind her but like past it and she's gonna move her full she has 35 feet so she's now 65 feet away from you um she's trying to get that gap so she can stay away um and she postures up with another arrow and you see like she locks eyes with you after she's like just shot you like in the shoulder with the arrow and she's like don't do it She's like, don't do it. The fuck am I supposed to do? You just killed all these people. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's your turn. Um, <laughs> the first thing I'm going to do is run for cover. Now, the only thing we've got for cover is the cart. At the exact moment, yep. Is there any side streets or anything I can run a duck down? They are further up and further behind you. So you'd actually have to go up and down. Like, um, I believe from where the map is, um, the way that I planned it out is... There's the cart, yep. 15 feet ahead to like sort of where she's gone yeah. is a small side street on your right hand side. Okay. And there's one 15, 15, 20-ish back behind you. So to get into one, you'll have to get closer. To get into the other, you'll have to go further away. Otherwise, you can always make an attempt to dive through someone's front window on all the buildings lined on the other side of the street. And all these, and you see like, there's people now that like while this is happening and they realize that you two are locked in combat, you quickly glance, you see like some of like the younger men and stuff and like the women who are able of grabbing like people. Yeah. So like and they're just dragging them, they're trying to carry them, they're just dragging them. You see as like one guy gets pulled, like from his thigh down, just comes off. Like he's just like <laughs> and he's just like ah! It's a grotesque scene. You see like they're just leaving the dead and trying to grab whoever they can that's yeah. alive, and it's just making it worse. Okay, um, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to cast False Life on myself. Um, so, let's do that, and that'll boost me up. So, do you have a description for how so false your spell oh. comes out? Like, 
So after getting shot in the in the please shoulder, tell, please just for me, say you stand up straight and you take the hood off and you're fucking <laughs> like, and it's like your eyes are just black. It's like <gasps> black slits of doom. Yeah, after copying that arrow straight to the shoulder, I realized that this bitch ain't playing no games. All right, she's here. She's here to do some damage. I've seen that she's just killed a whole bunch of people. I'm looking around. The hood is now off because I need to see what's going on. It's combat mode. Like, Narcon is here to do some damage, okay? What, what's the phrase? I woke up and chose violence. Yeah, <laughs> I woke up and chose violence, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to cast False Life and give myself seven temporary hit points. Yeah, that's right. So, yep, chuck that on there. Yeah, because yeah. D&D Beyond gives you a temp factor, which is awesome. Yeah, it's nice. It's really good. And then, I am going to... Was that a bonus action or...? I think that's just a spell. It's just a spell itself. Oh, okay. So you've got... Um, so you've got... You spent your action, you got your bonus action and your movement. I'm literally just going to move. I've Yo, healed myself cool. and now to figure out... Can I do a perception check to see... I've already asked, like, where the best type of cover is. I've got the cart, I've got the windows, and I've got the alleyways. I'm thinking... I'll give you this one for free. The, if you want to get closer to close the distance to still attack, to still attack and have cover, your best bet would be the cart. The cart is overturned and was on fire, but it is still a cart. Okay. So she ain't shooting through it. <laughs> no, but the end. Um, is it full or half cover? If you're hiding behind it, it's full cover. If you peek out around, it's half cover. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna gap it to the cart. I'm gonna crouch down and go full cover mode. Okay, cool. I'm, behind, I'm hiding behind it. I can't see what she's doing. I have no idea what's happening now, but I'm just waiting. And I'm going to end my turn with that. Right. So. Liam plays smart when he doesn't have anyone else around. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't no barbarian this time. I've got to be barbarian. I really thought that fire was going to do more damage than <laughs> That's why I was like, alright, got to get that out first. Well, it's because everyone was there. Yeah. It worked as a very good... Um, it sounds bad, but having all those people in Same was a me. very good... Yeah. Uh, very good thing. Right, so... Realising... You hear her, like, you've, you um, cast uh, your spell, mm. and it's like... like is it like black necrotic energy like it's all like, like what would black. you think green black because I'm going to heal myself which means I'm going to need some life energy even if it is dead life energy which I'm assuming necrotic energy yeah, yeah exactly greenish black is huge sort of like the um, like the death eater type stuff from Harry Potter you know, yo when they it's all dark colours yeah, and like gross shadowy, and stuff yeah, yeah that's exactly right so you, you it's like this cool thing where it's like you like <laughs> pull the arrow out and you just And you like touch it on your shoulder and it's like it hurts for a little bit but like there's like this weird it's not sealing the wound but you feel like there's this weird concussive force of energy that like inserts itself into the gap just stops and it's, it's just like and you like heals the gap and you pull your hand away and there's like that little like it's like a swirling light orb in yeah. the hole where the arrow was and the arrowhead was so you're like hey it's, it's not healing it's temporary yeah like yeah. swirl like a little patch and you gap slide across the stones hit the cover so as um, the girl rolls around, you hear the... Ah, you kind of hide all day. You got to stick your head out sometime. You fucking watch me. And you find she just um, she just sits there and holds an action. She's going to hold her action and wait. Okay. 
So that's her turn, right? Oh, damn. Hmm. I didn't think of that. I forgot about the fact that you could hold your action. You know what the worst of it is? I don't actually think it's an official rule that D&D endorses, but everyone can. just does it. <laughs> it's like, what hey, like, if Critical Role can do it, I can do yeah, it. I mean, it. Mad Mercer is daddy. Yeah, <laughs> he is God. If you can, like, in real life, if I'm not going to, if I want to hold my arrow there, then yeah, sure. That's what's going to happen. Okay. Oh. What are they calling Cod? Hard scoping. Yeah. <laughs> sitting there. Hard scoping, Man. bitch. I think I really did myself in with that. Because any spell that I need, I need to be able to see them. But look, you can still stick your head out of half cover and still stick your hand around. She still has to shoot with disadvantage. I'm not completely trying to fuck you okay, out of everything. So. I was trying to think. I was like, he could be initial. I've only got. Oh, one. sheesh! Wow, I've only got one spell left as well. Okay, I'm going to quickly as a question for Retcon though. You did have your mace with you, right? Yeah. Your weapon, you always have your mace with you. Is it in your inventory? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Yes, okay, it is. I'll give you that, because that's kind of fun. <laughs> like, uh, my mace, uh, my mace, armor, and shield are equipped. I already had them on. Okay, okay. cool. Um, I guess we should have covered that at the beginning, but I feel bad fucking you out of it, so <laughs> we'll just roll with that, so... Because if that wasn't a thing, I'd probably be dead. It <laughs> <laughs> was a good thing they were on there. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to pop my head up. Yep. And I'm going to cast a ray of sickness. Now that is a 60 foot radius. A ray of sickening greenish energy lashes out towards a creature within range. Um, so I'm going to make a ranged spell attack on hit. You take 2d8 damage and must make a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, you're poisoned until your next turn. Okay, so we've got to we've got to deal with a few things on that okay. as you stick your head out of half cover she's going to attempt to shoot she's already rolling with disadvantage because of um, the distance and I believe I've just got to double check but half cover ups your AC anyway um, is it by 2? I think it's by 2 I'm just going to quickly double check yeah, I'm sure it's two. plus 2 yep alrighty so let's have a go AC of 20 please don't be a 20 16 nah oh so you want like she's like the woodland eyes she's like like in that distance like in the like the low light of like the afternoon going into nighttime her green eyes just stand out to you as like you lock and she'd been ready bow comes across sideways and it hits the wood right next to your head it was close but like you just like sort of poked out behind the wheel and the spoke you stick your arm through and just go and like that the green. sickening green energy comes out and it's like this, like, and like, encases her, and she has to make a con save, I believe it was. Hang on, I need to make sure it hits first. Yes. So, Alright, well, it was a 20. Not in that 20, dirty 20, so that hits. Oh, yeah, for sure, bro. The damage is 10 damage. So she automatically just takes 10? Yes, and she must make a constitution saving throw. If she doesn't uh, pass the saving throw, she's poisoned. Right. Oh, okay. So, so she automatically takes the damage, but the yeah. saving throws to make sure she's not sick. That's right. Okay. Cool. Let's. Um. I'm gonna change the dice. So let's do the orange one for this. So actually, no. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna use the bloody d20 that we used to use for death saves. Oh, that's so cool. Here we go. It's a four. Oh, she did not pass. <laughs> Constitution 13 is the saving throw. So no, she is now poisoned. I don't know how much damage that poison does though. Is it the beginning of um, every round? 
So it's, um, she's poisoned until the end of my next turn. Right. Does she take damage every time that happens? Yeah, I'm trying to work out what the... It doesn't say what the damage is, though. Is it... Like, what is the poisoning damage? It doesn't say on here. The poison condition. Here we go. Oh, a creature whose poison has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. Oh, so it's not like a... They don't get hurt, like, every round. It's not like another tick of damage. No, unfortunately That's not. That's so ridiculous. I but thought I was going to be like, yeah, I can hurt her again. How much did you take? Sorry, was it? Uh, Ten. Yeah, she got hit for 10 damage. Alrighty, so... Oh, so we're both doing not okay. <laughs> it's just gnarly, like, for level one, even, like, 10 damage is no little number. No. So you watch as that... So to replay back, arrow comes, hits next to you on the head, you stick your arm through, poison ray comes out in, like, this sickly, like, glowing green, and, like... like Avada Kedavra from Voldemort, like, that just green... Yeah, literally. Just... Like, that, yeah, that gross green, but it's, like, it flows like a gas, and it's, like... And... Again, like every time you cast a spell, you hear this, like this weird Whispering. choir of sounds that are incoherent, but it sounds like voices. And it just goes like a tendril and then like explodes around her, encompasses her in like this bubble. And you watch, she's like, and she drops. And you visibly see the color start to lose in her face as she's taking the effects of poison. Um. Nice. That is your turn done. Is there anything else you want to do before that, or have you maxed yourself out? Um, I'm gonna duck back down behind full cover. Okay. There, there we go. Cool, cool, cool. So she is going to you as she's like struggling. You see, she like grabs the bow and like as you like sort of peek and try to look around. Like it's hard behind full cover, but like she grabs the bow. She's going to run. She's going to dash the 35 rear and come around the 35 feet, come around in a wide berth and, like, aim up and try to shoot. She, she's just taking it by this point because she has no choice. She has, like, for lack of a scientific term, you fucked her day right up <laughs> and she needs to get rid of you ASAP. Now, she's flanked around. I'm not behind cover anymore, hey? Um... I would still give you half. half half cover, but I doubt with um an 11 she's going to hit. Oh, no. No, no. She's not going to hit. With disadvantage, yeah. So, you find the arrow comes in and, like, as she's running, like, as she starts to come around this wire girth and you're just like, <gasps> and you know she's coming around the edge, like, on your left-hand side behind the cart, she's, like, visibly, like, looking sick. She's starting to, like, drool a little bit out the mouth. She's like, <clears throat> and the arrow, and just fucking goes wide like and you watch like as you turn to like follow it you like a whole bunch of people duck and the arrows like ding 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 like goes off the ground like Four. arrows are just flying wide um and you see she's visibly like looking unwell but at this point where she's dashed the 35 feet in like a wide sort of girth to you she's probably about 30 25 feet away from you give or take so you're within like she's within that distance where she can rush you up but she has nothing else to do. So she's just waiting there and you see like she's holding her stomach and she's like breathing heavily, looking so sick. Like the, like that disease you cast on her like was just wild. So she's not doing well. So what do you want to do? First You'll thing go. I'm going to ask her is, do you want to give up? Because like I can, I can heal you right now. Okay, you instigated all of this. I put out the water. You started attacking me. You started killing everyone. But if you give yourself up before the guard gets here, 
I can heal your wounds and make sure that this goes a lot easier. But if you keep fighting me, I guarantee you will die here and now. <laughs> Give me a persuasion check with disadvantage because you literally just gave her like a an fucked up sickness. <laughs> it was an ultimatum too. Yeah, it was like, like it's a weird ultimatum, but give me a persuasion check with disadvantage and let me know what you get. Well, the first one was a twelve. And the second one is a thirteen. So Total? Uh, yeah, total. So with a twelve, as you see she's looking at you, arm over her stomach, bow in her hand, like she's got like the bow where it's like the arrow sort of knocks between her fingers, like she's got a prep. You watch as slowly it's like She's starting to lose herself. And as as like this is happening, she's looking and she's like, what the king's done is madness. We cannot be segregated no more. He needs to die. And she's like, like more of the drool coming out of her mouth. Like, she's not doing well, man. You should come with me to my mother. If I heal you now, we can get away. You can talk to my mother and discuss whatever problem it is you have with our king. Things have been happening. Fights on the streets. Madness everywhere. Maybe you have more to shed than we are getting here. You see, like, there's this weird... I do not want to kill you. I am not about that. <laughs> Roll me one more persuasion check with disadvantage. Let me know what you get. We've sort of put a hold on initiative right now. Like, basically, <laughs> when you when you talk is your action, when she responds is her oh, okay. action. It was a three. No. She just laughs at me. <laughs> you see there's, like, a weird smile creeps across her face. And she's like, <laughs> she drops the bow and arrow, and she goes, I didn't want to have to do this, but there's no other way. I'm going to quickly offer you an insight check right now. Okay. 11. She's telling the truth. She legitimately believes I like I didn't want to have to do this but there's no other way to garner what's going on the attention of what's going on so that's what she, that's what she says to you do you respond or are you sort of just taking it in uh, see now I'm conflicted because I could easily end this and walk away and never think about it ever again or I feel like she would really be okay with me healing her and taking her to talk about this because if she doesn't want to do this then why would I kill her because she's not inherently evil per se Narcon is having his first <laughs> issue um alright I'm gonna risk it here I approach her I leave cover approach her and cast Cure Wounds. Okay. So what's she get back for Cure Wounds? Because you have to roll at the points. 
that she gets back 9 health. I basically full heal this time. Oh no, and now she's gonna kill me. <laughs> she's gonna turn around and be like, Bye. So, you walk over. I have no more spells. Yeah. Yeah. No more spells. No more spells. So, as you walk over, well, actually, because cure wounds, you don't have to touch them, right? That's you right. Have, yeah, you do have to touch them. Yeah, it's a touch. So you walk over, and you put very, like, unwillingly, she's, like, not really, like, she's sort of doing away with it, but she's just so sick. You place a hand on her shoulder, and for once, it's like this weird, the weird green-black glow passes over her body. But instead of like what it normally does, which is like taking the life out of things, you feel it's like these weird green tendrils sort of flow back in yeah. and like give her life back, sort of like pulling from the, the reservoir of like where necrotic energy takes its feedings. The dead bodies around us. <laughs> Possibly. And you find she gets a bit more colour back and she heals up. And she looks at you. And she responds back. The Breeze family knew this. And they paid the price. He, Lord Ember, who owned the home, knew that the king was insane and tried to end it. I heard he used his own boy. This was so long ago now. But that didn't end well. She's like, and she looks at you. Sadly, she's like, if those scars get me, that's it. Hmm. Right. What I'm gonna do now? Yep. How far away? From, how far away are we from the school? You're a couple hundred feet. It'd be like a good minute or two of you running. Okay. A good couple of seconds of you running. I'm going to take off my robe because I have armor on me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give her my robe. Yep. Cover yourself with this and come with me. <laughs> and we leg it back to the, the school. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Okay. I may have just derailed this entire session. <laughs> hey, man. Things change. Things change. So you grab her, like on the wrist, and I don't you even say where we're going. I just you just grab her and run, and you say, "Come," and we're gonna go. As you guys are running, so we're gonna say we're out of initiative. Yeah. As you guys are running, I need you to make a perception check for me, just flat, no disadvantage. Yeah. The guard will be here soon. We must go. Nineteen. As you guys get down the down the walkway, and you start closing in on the home of Halo, where you study, where your mother's office is you hear like the rabble rousing of like the guards and soldiers coming like in their plate mail and it was like find them they couldn't have gotten far find them and you guys have basically cleared that distance just quick enough you get to the front door of the home of Halo are you just barging in through the door I'm fucking going through just not loud enough to alert everyone else but you know just like just quickly open the door so you frantically open the door Come in, slam the door behind you. Upstairs now. 
You're going straight upstairs? To the office. Like, Mother's office. Mother's office is at the end of the hall. Upstairs is the sleeping quarters. Oh, straight to Mother's office. Okay. Sorry. So you run down the hall, slide through, and then you see your mother at her desk, like putting her books and stuff together, turns around with a fright, and she goes, Narcon, oh, what are you doing? Who is this? What are you doing here? I don't know. <laughs> I panicked. Mother, I don't know what's going on, but I think the king is crazy. I think she knows what's happening in the streets and why this is all going on. We were attacked. Well, okay. Clarification, Mum. She attacked first. But I don't think she needs to die. I think we should help. I think the Wood Elves need us. Okay. You see, she just goes, like, puts her, like, fingers into her eyes and, like, rubs her temples and she's like, Oh, my dear God. Oh, my dear gods. Solent Harris, help me. And she... You find... She actually... Uh, she decompresses that for a second. She actually puts her hand on your shoulder and pulls you in for a hug and whispers to you. She's like, I'm so proud of you. You did the right thing. And she looks to the girl... And the, and the girl looks very embarrassed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is a weird... Give me an inside check, actually. As you peer between your mother and the girl, give me an inside check. She went there to kill people, and now she's being helped by them. Uh, that is... Oh, it's 24. Nice. Oh, yeah, you did need to be on. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, when you read her face, she's genuinely embarrassed. I think what you're picking up is, this is a girl who truly believes in her cause, and was ready to fight the fight and do the bad thing. And now she's realized like, wow, there's possibly people like me that can help me. And she's just feeling a bit, yeah. feel a bit sheepish, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? So your mother actually, cause the, the girl's just a little bit shorter than you. Yeah. She um, comes in and she's like, and what's your name, my dear? And the girl goes, oh, my, my name is Deidre. Deidre. D-double-E-D-R-A, if you want to make a note. D-double-E-D-R-A. Yeah. My name is Deidre. I live... Outside in a wooden, uh, I live about an hour out in a wooden uh, village in the trees with my family. And your your mother laughs and like tidies a bit of hair up, and she's like, "Well, it's lovely to meet you. I'm glad my boy didn't kill you, and you weren't arrested. Now, luckily for you both, as you want, she actually grabs both of you by the shoulders and like sits you down. I have disagreed." with King Quintel's policies for years. The the private hunting party that he made, ridiculous. The segregation from the rest of the world, ridiculous. It's like people disappearing if they publicly make create a forum to stand against him is absurd. I will not have it. I will not have it. You think she thinks back and she goes, she looks at you knock on and goes we must leave we must get you out of here your father will never know he is in the court even he can't be trusted um and it all of a sudden goes into like a montaged frenzy as your mother drags you both upstairs she grabs like simple garments of clothing like because obviously you and the students stay there overnight to study she grabs some like sleeping rolls packs you bags and stuff and you see she um 
uh, she like puts her hand on her temple and like mutters to herself and then uh, takes her hand away and she looks and she's like I've just sent off a message I have a private coachman he's unnamed don't ask the information he's going to take you to the docks and you're going to get far away from here I While this is happening, yeah, what do you want to do? Like, you've got basically, I'd say, like, 20 minutes, yeah. half an hour. Like, maybe actually 20 to 15, I would say, because she's messaging him to come fast. Yeah. Because, like, these fucking guards are looking guards down. Look yeah. Right now, you've bought some time because as bad as it is, there's people dead in the streets. Yeah, they have enough. more to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to turn to Deidre, and I'm going to ask if she's coming with me. Because she, are you going to come with me? Go back to your family? We can get you out of the city, and you can go your way or you can come with me and we can find out how to change things it's totally up to you I personally would not mind a companion because I've never lived these walls and it's a little bit scary <laughs> she giggles a little bit and she's like <laughs> she giggles a little bit and she's like see well the funny thing about living in like houses in the trees is there's no real walls it's just a no roof and a floor when you think about it yeah. and she very like reassuringly like politely she like she, she like puts a hand on your hand she goes I really appreciate the offer but my home is here okay. I joined for a cause I believe in yeah and I want to go out on my terms mm-hmm. with my family I understand completely so and you see she just leans back and you know she sits in the chair she's like sort of unsure about what's going to happen by this point yeah. I think she's it would seem like she's sort of just waiting to see like what the next social cue is going to be mm-hmm. um, so are you preparing anything are you going to I'm going to ask mother for her key to the cabinet the potion cabinet the potion cabinet she looks and she's like how do you know about that <laughs> oh no no she's like oh yes right away right away and she just pulls it out like a little yeah. patch in her, in her jacket and like a blouse and hands it to you you jog downstairs you find there's two potions in there of I'm um, just healing, two potions of healing, like the normal ones. Yeah. So just whack them in there. Yeah. Um, they're made. Obviously, the rest of them have to be made. Okay. So like she's got the two prepped already. Sweet. So that's what you find. She allows you to take them. Okay. Um, and then while it's, you're downstairs in the medicinal room and eventually she comes down the stairs and Deidre's behind her. Mm-hmm. And then I would say this has been about 25 minutes by this point. Yeah you see your mother's eyes sort of roll for a little bit. It was like, and she comes back and she goes, the coachman's in the back alley. He's waiting. He's like, we need to get you out of here now. And she passes you your traveling pack and you, you reapply your hood. And she looks at Deidre and she's like, what are you doing, my love? And Deidre sheepishly looks and she goes, I think I'll, um, I'm going to attempt to slip out through the top window. I can travel through the tops of the trees Make my way out to the forest, wreaking view with my family. Be careful, because that's... The city watch is not what you expect. Be careful. See, she s- smiles very nervously. She goes to your um your mother first and grabs her hands and like bows, and she's like, she's like, your hospitality will not go unnoticed. Praise the gods for your kindness. Let madam... And she kisses your mother's hand, and uh, you decide your mum. She curtsy. gives a little curtsy bow, and she's like, "You truly are a sweet girl for a wood elf." <laughs> and 
Deidre giggles and she comes to you and she grabs both your hands and she's like, in different circumstances, I really think we could have made a change. Could have been friends. <laughs> I would say we are. Thank you. If things go differently, you ever find your way back here? She's like, um, she goes, travel south an hour. Look for one of the tree villages. There's spoon all over the place. Ask for me. And hopefully I can find you. And with that, she leans over and gives you a kiss, kiss on the cheek. And then with quick speed, she runs up the stairs and you hear the, as the thing opens. She's gone. And you peek out the window of the front and she, the only thing you see is like a quick shadow. The rustling of the leaves. Passing through the trees. Yeah, like she, you just, tree, wood elf, like tree travel. She's very good at it. Yeah. And as you peer out the window, you see where like the streety lances are put on and like random groups of civilians and the rabble rousing as they're like, they're all combing the streets and stuff. So you see she's got out just in time. With that, it's just you, your mother and the coachman in the reserve back area where supplies usually get dropped. It's where carriages can come in Hmm. and the coachman's waiting for you. I, yes, I turn to my mum and I say, well, thank you for everything. And I will miss you, mother. I do not know what is happening. I do not know why it's happening. I cannot wait for the day I return, but when I return, things will be different and we will be better. You see, she starts to, starts to cry a little bit. It's very, it's very hard for her to relinquish the control. Of course. You know, and she pulls you in for a hug and then with her arm around you, she walks you to the back door. Um, there's a, small back door um, offset you sneak out you see it there's uh, the carriage waiting in the back alley street the coachman is cloaked in all black with a tri-corner hat My with a, a, the mask up to hide his identity <laughs> the carriage itself is very dark oak colour with darkened windows also pulled by two black stallions it seems that this is like a sort of shady transporter who they use the darkens to cover their travels yeah while uh, while they travel at night you're not quite sure how your mother had contact with these sort of people but it seems like something's been in the works for a while so as you step into the door of the carriage up on the little step quickly getting a glance of the soft red velvet interior with a small candle on the inside to sort of warm it up covered by like curtains for the windows and the and black stained glass so it's like it's really dark outside but you've got light inside yeah nice as you step inside uh you just as quickly spins you around and hugs you again and she holds you close she's like this carriage is going to take you to the closest safe dock and from there you're going to catch a ship to the wiltshaw empire there's a town there's a small town called rosenward i have two friends there grace and henry they'll be looking out for you and she kisses you on the forehead and she goes all right post you as often as I can I love you my son I love you too mother be careful she finds you pats you on the cheek closes the door uh yeah, and then like as you sit down like sort of make yourself comfortable the coachman like yeah. and it yeah, yeah <laughs> and it like starts pulling and lurching and as you quickly peek the back curtain out so you can see out the last thing of Vardenville that you can remember is seeing your mother's silhouette disappear through the back window of the carriage and Vardenville disappear on the horizon 
as you eventually took your ship travel and sailed away. Nice. Years have passed since that day. Roughly nine since you last checked. You have been with Grace and Henry ever since. Grace is still an active cleric and doctor within the small town of Rosenwood. And Henry maintains the house and land and aids Grace whenever he can. He's retired from doing clerical work and wants to live a more simple life. It is a small and easier life, but you are thankful for it and what they have given to you. It is a home away from home. Your mother held true to her promise and sent mail as often as she could, along with small excerpts from books to aid you in better learning and understanding your abilities. Until one day, the letters just stop. Grace and yourself sent many out back uh, to no avail, to no response. You fear the worst has happened, but without a contact within Vardenfell, um, you have no way of truly communicating. So with that, you have taken to helping Henry with the homestead and Grace at her place of occupation in Rosenwood proper, um, trying to own your quote-unquote deaf cleric abilities, Home. trying to find a place where you can fit into the world. Yeah. And as you reflect on this day, nine years later, uh, you see a heavy storm creeping in over the far-off rolling hills. And it looks like it's going to be a heavy one. And that's where we'll end our session. Oh, nice. That was a really good one. That was fun. I love that. That was fun, man. That was really good. You, like, I thought I planned out pretty well to give you a lot of, like, good options to pick with. And you really just rolled the punches. That was really good stuff. <laughs> Death Domain Cleric fucking rules, man. That's that was cool. awesome. I'm glad I picked up some utility spells as well. Like, that, um, that creator destroy water is really fucking useful. Mm. Really useful. And it just changed up the fact that you you latched onto us like the cart's on fire but I can use it as cover I'm going to put the fire out I didn't even think of that when I wrote it so I was, I was pretty shocked but we'll cover more of that on um on our back chat episode so um before I wrap it up is there anything you want to plug anything that you like to follow like games or TV shows anything like that friends that do art stuff um anyone out here other than the misfits themselves our group that have basically given me something to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jack, Sky, yeah. Dean, Marco, Marco, Cody, Liam, yeah, Tanika for letting us. Yeah, use the my, my lovely partner for letting us play stupid games here every second weekend. It's awesome, and I'm really appreciative of it all. So it's been really fun, man. Yeah. Um, as usual, on my end, follow at Reckless Creatures. Follow um, underscore Dive the Beholder underscore. She's currently in the process of um. She's currently in the process of making special custom D20s for all the characters to use in the campaign. And we've actually um, became like partnered like partnered with her brand so that as we get more dice as the campaign rolls on, we're going to put up content photos. We're going to push her brand, all that sort of stuff. It's awesome. She's been nothing but like absolutely lovely to us since day one. So we're really, really appreciative of it. Um, and also all the sound effects and, you know, everything like that you hear is um, at Michael Gelfi. Makes all the best audio for TTRPG. Support him on Patreon. Go buy stuff on Bandcamp. Uh, he lets basically anyone use it for like minimal cost. And then like obviously as your platforms get bigger, you work out um, 
things with him. He's just been phenomenal. Um, other than that, that's going to be us. Stay tuned for the back chat episode, and we'll talk to you guys later. Have a wonderful day. Bye, guys.